Super Talk Mississippi media production. Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at theblacksheepboutiquetupelo.com. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibility. I said one Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime. The world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi, and this is one beautiful time of the year in this incredible state. Um, as I say each week, because we are the capital of the outdoors in America, I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi Radio Network or on Super Talk TV at Seaspire TV. But if you're listening on Facebook or YouTube, your favorite podcast, it's December the 12th, 2022. Incidentally, it is my wife Ann's birthday. My We call her GGB, and she's an amazing woman. So happy birthday, Ann. God bless you. Um, just, a, just a very special person. Listen, um, as we enter this week, it's... Uh, we got some cold weather coming this week, so some of our conversations will drift off in, into that direction. That is for sure. Hey, listen, I always say that I'm coming to you from the Foundation Studio. I'm really honored to be able to say that because this organization, the Foundation for Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, is working so hard every day to protect the outdoors heritage in, this, in the great state of Mississippi, and I'm honored to be a part of them. And you know what? One of the things I mentioned last week is their ability to form coalitions, to work with others, to form powerful coalitions is really unprecedented in this state. You saw it with the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund, but there's this powerful coalition of outdoors and conservation organizations that have now come together. And uh, I think we'll see more of that coalition going forward, tackling issues that are important to outdoorsmen. And uh, really, really excited about that. You know, when, when a coalition of the kind of organizations that we're talking about come together like that, whoo, you, you, when they get locked onto an issue, that, that's a really important thing. So they're doing some great work in this state. Hey, I spent the uh, weekend, the warm weekend up in the Mississippi Delta and uh, spent uh, two, two full days of hunting uh, some lockdown bucks. And uh, my, my friend Mark Creech and Terry Waldrop were with me. It was just great being there. I just love being in the Delta. Got stuck. <laughs> I pulled up on a light rain and it got heavy while I was hunting. And uh, my truck literally sunk. And Mark's got a really nice Jeep. So it wasn't a big deal. We we hooked the tow rope, which we've used a thousand times, and pulled me out. And uh, all was well. But, man, there's nothing like Delta gumbo. When it's, when it's dry, it's like concrete. And when it's wet, it's like... I don't know, quicksand. <laughs> it's, a, it's a special kind of mud, and we've talked about that before. Books have been written about that mud in the Mississippi Delta. I know if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just kind of go with the flow, go with the flow in that situation. That That's for sure. Hey, listen, um, the second half of the show, I've actually invited Houston Havens to come back and join me. He's from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And he's the waterfowl coordinator. Um, we've got a cold weekend coming up. We'll kind of get a sense of what he thinks the, the duck hunting situation is going to be. But unfortunately, you're starting to read in the headlines about an avian influenza outbreak that's happening. And Mississippi, unfortunately, is uh, not immune to that. I want to get Houston's thoughts on that and see if there's anything we can do to help the agency make some observations and, and report some cases, and we'll get what he has to say about that here in just a second. Hey, listen, I mentioned this major coalition of organizations that have come together. A member of that organization is Wildlife Mississippi, and my friend James Cummings had been on this show several times. He's been on my show, Coast View on the Coast, several times. 
when the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund that, that uh, Delbert Hosen and I talked about last week was uh, in the midst of the legislative process. We talked a lot about why this was important to Mississippi. But I've invited James back to the show to find out what the latest is in his organization and just talk outdoors in Mississippi. So without any further ado, let me bring my friend James Cummings, the Executive Director of Wildlife Mississippi, into the conversation. How you doing, James? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you back. Listen, it's a it's a glorious time of the year in Mississippi, isn't it? Oh my goodness! Except if you're stuck in Delta Gumbo. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd rather be there than uh, on a highway driving somewhere for sure. Oh, uh, it, it, anytime, anytime, but always east of Omaha. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, when I said that though, man, I could see you smile. You you seem to know the Delta Gumbo well. Uh, have a very close personal relationship with Delta Gumbo, and uh, uh, I may be wrong, but I've probably been stuck a lot more than you because I'm not very good at that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a coast boy, and uh, I had to learn many years ago how to how to do it. My son Jordan, he's hilarious because I put it. I put it four-wheel drive, and I just kind of ease along. You know, I don't try to spin the wheels. I just, you know, usually I do really well. Jordan, on the other hand, he, he puts the pedal to the metal. He says he, there's only two ways to go forward for him when he's in the mud. One is extraordinarily not stuck, which means the truck is high, the, the truck is sideways. Or extraordinarily stuck. <laughs> so, anyway, people who've been there before, especially with the amount of rain we've we finally gotten, I, th- I think they know this story really well. Have you had the opportunity to, to be out in the outdoors recently? You know, I, I I have. I've been been enjoying some bird hunting, and then uh, I, I guess the most fun thing I've been doing is is working with one of my my people on staff, uh, uh, Jason May, and his son Matthew. Matthew killed. He's six years old. He killed his second doe. Uh, last weekend, and uh, we're, we we I'm working with him trying to trying to help him get his first buck. So we've got a which which is going to be kind of sad if he kills this 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 particular buck because he's probably 19 inch spread, eight point two hundred fifty pounds, uh, which is not something you want to start out as a six year old because then it ruins the rest. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, hey, I, I got you. I got you. Uh, two two quick stories to say. One is, and I've mentioned it here a few weeks ago. We have kind of an annual youth hunt that we do prior to the season starting. And this year, um, my friend Jay Carter and his daughter Ava, and then my two nephews, Peter and Nico Bahanovich, joined us and my son Jordan. And uh, we, we, they all three killed eight points, their first bucks, all three in the same afternoon, man. And I thought, man, the season could be over now and be fine with me, you know. And then I have a young man. Uh, I, I lease a lot of land from the Dunn family. They're big farmers up in the Mississippi Delta. And uh, Clinton's son, Jackson, who's hunted with me several times, he's just a terrific young man. He hunted by himself yesterday for the first time, and he killed a monster eight-point man. And I thought to myself, that's not a good start. <laughs> the bar is high. Already, I mean that's incredible. We're really proud of Jackson. I know he's got to be pumped, but what a great first experience. But man, taking kids into the outdoors and being part of that—nothing else really matters, does it? Yeah, that's that's really what it's all about. I was I was fortunate to have you know my my father and grandpa grandparents who took me at our old old home places now around you know Winona and Kill Michael, uh, you know at the family farm and getting me inter- introduced and and uh, I guess you'd say I got addicted and maybe way addicted. So, uh, well, so addicted, you committed your career to it. You've written books about conservation in America, and uh, you know you're you're a noted author and you're a passionate guy who understands conservation in this state. Hey, remind people what Wildlife Mississippi is. So, Wildlife Mississippi it's a it's a private nonprofit organization. Uh, primarily, we work in several areas in in conservation education, fish and wildlife habitat. Uh, conservation policy and outdoor recreation. And a lot of what, you know, you, you asked earlier about some of the hunts, but I've also been spending a lot of time and, uh, working on the up, on the upcoming farm bill. And a lot of what we're trying to do there is really trying to develop and make sure that we have conservation incentives that, that are good for conservation, not only in Mississippi, but good for, for Mississippi landowners. So that's a lot of what we're working on right now, too. Yeah. You're, you're an expert in that, in that area. And for people who may not realize this, that one of the reasons that I became so adept at understanding 
the application of the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund that we passed last year and was signed into law, $10 million initially going into that trust fund, was partly due to James and James and what he taught me, what he, what he shared with me about it, what he's written about private land, uh, conservation efforts, what he's, what he, what he knew. He's an expert when it comes to where the federal funds are. And I've talked many times and Delbert and I talked about this last week, James, that the opportunity for us to match and to see a, a board that's been assigned the trustees over the conservation trust fund really focused on making sure that we put a priority on, on federal matching funds about, I don't know, maybe 90%, maybe it's more come from the farm bill, which is, um, you know, people who don't, who don't have a good understanding. Think about CRP and WRP, something like that. But the opportunity to take ten million and turn it into thirty, forty, fifty million dollars—that's that's real, isn't it, James? That's that's a hundred percent real, and and I certainly thank the legislature and and Lieutenant Governor Hoseman for for making this a reality. You know, and if you look at the recent you know Inflation Reduction Act, you know that added twenty one billion in conservation incentives to the farm bill. So besides the annual six billion that the United States funds, I mean we've got a big a big piece on top of that. Big opportunities for Mississippi. Hopefully next year we can get 20 million as promised and that we can start having conversations about a dedicated funding source. So we're not coming back every year having to come back to the legislature to, to, uh, to, to do this. This is a long term deal, multi year projects through the federal, federal matching fund opportunities. And we need this to be a dedicated funding source at some point in the, in the near future. Hey, when we come back, I actually heard last week something that concerned me. The notion that we might consider selling white-tailed deer in Mississippi, that sounds like it's opening up Pandora's box. When we come back, I want to ask James about it. We'll see you after this. From the Seabrook Paint Weather Center, for all your painting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly cloudy with a high near 68. Tonight's about the same with a low around 58. Tomorrow, you'll have a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a high near 76. Tomorrow night, expect more showers and thunderstorms with a low around 60. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871. People say money talks, but it's us nickels, dimes, and quarters that have big news. Because small change is changing savings with Cash Stash Savings from the Citizens Bank. Every time you swipe your debit card, we round up to the next dollar, and the difference goes into your Cash Stash account. If you meet the requirements, we even match your roundup savings by 10%. Money talks, but it's your change that's saying cha-ching. The Citizens Bank. Member FDIC. At Clinton Body Shop, we really do take pride in perfection, and that's why we've been awarded the ICAR Gold Certification for our 30th year straight. Only 11 shops worldwide have accomplished this. This remarkable achievement can only happen with continuous training from ICAR and the manufacturers of the vehicles you drive. In fact, we're trained and certified by more automakers than any shop in the market. At a time when insurers are pushing more than ever for discounted and shortcut repairs that save them money, why not insist on Clinton Body Shop, where you get an OEM certified repair using certified parts? If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com. Gerard Gibbert here, host of Middays with Gerard. My friends at The Rogue have been serving Mississippians for almost six decades. As the leader in men's clothing in Jackson, whether you are back in the office or going to events, The Rogue has you covered this fall for all occasions. With the holidays coming up, The Rogue will have all your gift-giving covered for Christmas. Also, stop by to see the latest game day styles for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and USM. Remember to shop local, shop The Rogue. 
Reed's Metals Pole Barns are a great economical solution for recreational equipment and livestock or to be used as equipment product sheds. They're lightweight and easy to install. Trusses are available in preset sizes or may be custom ordered. Plus, we have many profile options, over 20 colors to select from, and a written 45-year paint warranty. Call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven at 866-604-4949 or stop by 19 East Lincoln Drive, northeast in Brookhaven. Online by direct and save at reedsmetals.com. Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend, the executive director for Wildlife Mississippi, James Cummings, with me. And I uh, really enjoyed the visit at the first part of the show. But as I mentioned, I got a, a note from a friend who enlightened me a little bit about a conversation that was going on behind the scenes about the possibility of selling whitetail deer in Mississippi. Well, it's interesting because in, my, in, in the run-up to my conversation with Delbert Hoseman, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, last week, I actually did some reading about the North American uh, uh, conservation movement because I'm, I'm not only am I interested in that conversation and in that wildlife conservation effort, but uh, you know Aldo Leopold have been really studying his role and how it all fits together, not knowing actually at the time that there would be some effort to to um, debate in our state about whether we should enable and allow and 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 make legal the selling of whitetail deer. My immediate reaction was, wow, that doesn't sound like a good thing. Um, it sounds like we might open up Pandora's box. But to be honest with you, I don't know enough about it to really know. I did a little bit more research, discovered that there was a Jim Hood opinion at some point along the way. More recently, there was a, a new attorney general opinion. And uh, it, seemed to, it seemed to sort of go against what, James, what, what, um, what Jim Hood did. Um, so I'm, I'm learning more about it. Um, someone actually mentioned to me that they believe they had the votes already to be able to pass such a regulation. And um, and to my knowledge, unless I missed something, there hasn't been much public discussion about this or any big debate about it. So I figured, you know, this is usually I like to talk about hunting and fishing and all that. But every now and then an issue is going to pop up that gets your attention. And this is one of them. And uh, I wanted to ask James to kind of give me his his uh, his belief and opinion on whether he believes allowing it to sell a whitetail deer in Mississippi would open up Pandora's box. What's your thought about that, James? You know that's that's uh, that's extremely disturbing. Um, it kind of almost already having a vote sounds like something that might be going on in the U.S. House, not not in not in Mississippi. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Aldo Leopold. If you if you go back in time in, in the early in, in the nineteen twenties when when the only southern state he visited was Mississippi, one of the things that he found was a, was certainly a lack of a conservation movement, but but he also noticed that there was an intense and popular interest in game and hunting and that had exceeded any other state that he had surveyed. And I think as we continue to move forward with learning about this opinion, you know, or are we going to make policy based on this opinion? I think you're going to see, you know, Mississippi sportsmen that, that is kind of in our genetic makeup of having an intense and popular interest in hunting. Um, we don't like it. We don't like it when you mess with our dogs and we don't like it when you mess with our hunting. Uh, and I think if you're going to start unraveling what's been set up, I mean, this isn't this is not England in, in the 16 and 1700s anymore. Uh We set up this system in, in, in colonial America that the public owned wildlife. You know, we we saw what was happening in England with where the king or the king and and, and his friends owned they own guns and they own wildlife and they own the hunting rights. And we set up a system in the United States very early on that was the opposite of that because we'd learned from bad experiences. So uh, this very much bothers me. Uh, and, and, and it bothers me if, if you look at a Mississippi Look at Pittman Robertson. You know that that the you know that that system that we have that funds wildlife conservation. Keith Pittman was born in in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Look at at the public trust doctrine and, and a lot of the writings that have been done on that. If you look at the the wildlife policy book that exists in the United States, the public trust doctrine chapter was written by the late Dr. Bruce Leopold from Starkville, Mississippi. 
if I look at fair chase hunting, that was born in onward when Theodore Roosevelt refused to shoot, you know, a tied up black bear. All of these things are getting ready to come into play. And um, I'm very concerned about where this is heading. And, and um, to some extent, I'm almost a loss, at a loss of words over it. Because it's hey, so you know what's awesome. interesting, James? One of the things, this is a great story that came out written by Greg Tinsley in the most recent Mossy Oaks newsletter. And it actually has an article about Leopold. It said the, the Oracle of American Conservation. And one of the things that he said did that, that by having, by creating the North American model of wildlife conservation, that, um, he said that we probably, I mean, likely would not have survived the modern anti-hunting movement, which, which found its disingenuous voice in America during his lifetime. You know, to me, that's a, that's a side deal, but sort of an umbrella over this conversation that why would, why would we introduce an issue in Mississippi that would cause hunters to, to fight with hunters, the outdoor community fight with the outdoor community when we should be lockstep around what has made Mississippi the capital of the outdoors in America. It has been the fact that we've embraced a North American model for wildlife conservation. And, um, you know, we gave in a little bit to high fence and, and that regulation is out there now, but very quickly, I read it last night actually, the, the, it says right at the very top that, that the sale of wildlife is prohibited. And, um, so where, where do you think this is headed? You know, I, I certainly hope it's, if you look at, at some of the other states like Texas and Missouri, they tried to do the same thing. And I can tell you where it headed there. It ended up in their state Supreme Court. Um, you know, it's, it, and they reaffirmed, uh, I had, I had, I was in, in Austin, Texas not long ago and, and had the opportunity to visit with Carter Smith and told him this effort was going on and, and, and Carter's retiring from Texas. And, and there's been a long, there's been a lot of fights out there in Texas over this stuff, but the public won. And wildlife in Texas still belongs to the public, just like wildlife in, in, in Missouri. Remind of who Carter Smith is. So Carter Smith is the Lynn Posey of Texas, so to speak. So he's the executive director of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Yeah. But what you know what's troubling to me is that this there seems to be politics involved in this. That's you know, we'll we'll uncover more as we go forward. But to say that they believe they already had the votes to make this happen and we haven't had a public debate about it, that's troubling in and of itself. Well, I think one of the things that we've got to remind ourselves is is the regulations around enclosures in Mississippi are not so much about the enclosure. It's about in order to protect native wildlife and the recreational economy utilizing native wildlife. It's in order to protect what you and I have been enjoying. It's about protecting our right to get stuck in the gumbo. You know, it's 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 not about you know, the high fence, it's about what the rest of us enjoy. There's 780,000 people that hunt and fish in Mississippi. A candidate's position, eight out of 10 of us say the candidate's position is extremely important, whether that be Governor Reeves' Commission on Wildlife Fisheries and Parks or the Attorney General's uh, opinion. You know, there's a system of checks and balances there. I think we'll end up in a good spot, but I think we need to be watching what's going on and I, because it, you know, Taking wildlife and turning it back to the king, so to speak, is 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 not where is not what this country was founded on. Did you see in the Jim Hooded opinion and the most recent Attorney General opinion? Did you see a conflict between the two of those? <laughs> it's like they were written in different worlds. Uh, um, and what's rather interesting is, you know, by nature, conservation is conservative. The Jim Hood opinion is conservative. It takes it puts our it puts our native fish and wildlife resources first, it first and foremost in terms of protecting those. And unfortunately, you know the most recent AG opinion I thought was a very liberal approach to it, and and uh, I, I don't think it I don't think we ended up in a system that it protects our native wildlife or it's in the best interest of sportsmen and women in the state. That's a strong that's a strong uh, feeling. I think again, my initial reaction, having just read a lot about Aldo Leopold, was that. This can't be good. <laughs> that's what that's what my reaction was. And uh, so, if if you're a hunter in Mississippi, if you're if you especially love deer hunting in Mississippi, what's your message to those guys as they're riding in their pickup trucks to or from their land as we speak right now, enjoying the free roaming wildlife that we have? What what's your message to them? I think they need to follow what their elected officials are doing. 
they need to make sure that they are holding them accountable for their actions. And hopefully they'll be good actions. I'm a, I'm a believer in the glasses is, is, is half full. Um, I, I'm hoping that, that maybe with a little bit more education, we'll end up in a, in a good spot. And that, that it, you know, when the commission does, you know, take a vote, if, if they end up taking a vote on something, um, that we do put our native wildlife first. And I think the sportsmen of Mississippi, as I'm riding around in my pickup truck east of Omaha, that I think of, of, of how do we go about protecting that and, and what can I do as a, as a, as a private angler or private hunter, uh, to make sure that something that I dearly love, I don't play golf. I've never been on a golf course in my life, but I try to hunt and fish every day I can. And that's what a lot of people in Mississippi are all about. And I think we've got to follow this because we can't just, you know, I mean, let's look at Jackson's drinking water supply. That was taken away from them because they, they were not good stewardships of that. Something similar could happen in, happen in, yeah. in terms of our wildlife as well. So at this point, other than, you know, we just, we're just hearing a lot of scuttlebutt that there is a serious effort under, underway behind the scenes to make the sale of white-tailed deer legal in Mississippi. We're just sort of, we're just sort of broaching the issue today, but in future shows, we will drill down and try to understand who's behind this. Who are the people who are behind this? Who are those who say they're going to vote for this when we haven't even had a public conversation? Let's hope none of that is true and that we can, as you say, get educated and understand we do not want to open that Pandora's box in this state at this time. That's the last thing we need. God bless you, my friend. It's It's been a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the show. You bet. Hey, this has been James Cummings. And listen, as I end up every show, Super Talk Outdoors, please stay safe. For God's sake, please stay safe. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Hey, this is Will with Service Specialists. Are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, Service Specialists has been connecting hard-to-find qualified candidates for employers. We have candidates for all your administrative, professional, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Check us out online at servicespecialistltd.com. That's servicespecialistltd.com. Service Specialists, your expert recruiters helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967 with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, and Oxford. It's the year-end sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get power, safety features, and bold style. Plus an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Check out the all-new Outlander PHEV. Or drive a 2023 Outlander today, starting at $27,595. Let's go to the year-end sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Manufacturer suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD. Exclusive destination handling, tax title license, etc. Price terms and vehicle availability may vary. See dealer for limited warranty and program details. Offer ends one 3 Tis the season for you to leave all your holiday shopping up to us at Ag Up Equipment, your hometown John Deere dealer. You can add green to your property with a 3025E and 0% financing. Need a perfect gift for the person with equipment? Save up to 15% during our compact tractor and gator attachment sale. Come visit us at any of our 16 locations or online at agup.com. Offer ends 1231.22. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Callaway's Christmas sale starts now. All permanent Christmas trees, wreaths, and garlands, 30% off. All Christmas ornaments, picks, and sprays, 20% off. All Christmas lights and nativities, 30% off. Come visit Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store, all on sale. Callaway's also has a great selection of fresh Christmas trees, wreaths, garlands, and poinsettias. This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, south of Germantown High, Callaway's has a large selection of all your favorite trees, shrubs, and winter color plants. Callaway's outdoor patio furniture is in stock and ready for delivery, all 20 to 50% off. Callaway's has received a large truckload of ceramic pots, all colors, all sizes, all on sale. Landscape designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Callaway's has large rolls of pine straw, and we offer quantity pricing. Callaway's Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Everything for home and garden, that's what Callaway's is. 
Ace Bolton Screw is the place to find the perfect gift for the professional on your list. Ace Bolton Screw is built to serve pros on every level, construction, commercial, and industrial professionals with helpful processes like vendor-managed inventory, tools for every job you can imagine, millions of fasteners, product tracing, and even polybagging and kitting. Now with three locations to make holiday shopping a breeze. Online at acebolt.net and get great holiday deals on their Facebook page. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. In an effort to help those affected by the recent United Furniture layoffs, the Community Development Foundation is hosting another job fair this Tuesday in Tupelo. Mari Kelly is the CDF's director. If you're, if you're unemployed, uh, absolutely want you there. Uh, for sure, if you're a United Lane employee, want you there. Um, there's going to be, uh, right now, we've got about 20 employers, um, but we hope that's going to grow to that 45, 46 mark. And then also uh, have some of the, uh, some of the other uh, public assistance pieces there for people to take advantage of. The job fair will be held at the Tupelo Furniture Market from 8 a.m. until 2.30 p.m., with job offers being made on-site. And the execution of Thomas Loden Jr., a former Marine Corps recruiter who kidnapped and raped a 16-year-old waitress in 2001, is set for this Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time. Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your local Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey, on the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack. You can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda has been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire or Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASE certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Center offers lube, oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course, tires, just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Center supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance for you. Super Talk. Nobody keeps Mississippi informed like we do. With 12 stations covering all 82 counties. If it happens in your state, we're on top of it. The news, the weather, the sports, and the talk that's important to you. The issues that matter to you, your family, and your bank account. It's all right here. And when you're away from home, depend on the Super Talk app and supertalk.fm to stay in the know. We're proud to serve our fellow Mississippians. Super Talk Mississippi. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Kudzu Walls and Fall Football, a Gulf Coast sunset. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I want to appreciate, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network or any of the other platforms you choose to, uh, to engage with this show. We really appreciate it. And like I said last week, I really enjoy getting notes from listeners. And, uh, gosh, we have such a wide variety of people who pay attention to this show. And as I said, you know, this is the time when we can all come together at the uh, outdoors table and put our differences aside and enjoy the outdoors together. We should do more of that these days. As uh, as it relates to that last conversation that James Cummings and I had from Wildlife Mississippi, it is, um, let's hope that it's not true what we're hearing, the scuttlebutt that we're hearing about the mood to make it legal to sell white-tailed deer in Mississippi. I'm hoping that that that, um, that we uh, we don't have a big public debate and fight about that in the state because we don't need hunters going after hunters. We got we we should be joining hands. We want Mississippi to be the capital of the outdoors, and the reason we want Mississippi to be the capital of the outdoors because we've embraced the North American wildlife conservation effort that Aldo Leopold put into place where wildlife belongs to everybody. And uh, to allow the sale of white-tailed deer it seems to me to be a situation where we'd be opening up Pandora's box. We'll be, you know, we'll be talking more about that, obviously, on future shows because something that, that I'm concerned about and we, we all need to learn more about. That is for sure. So now let's shift gears. We're going to, you know, it's interesting. Let me bring Houston Havens back into the conversation. The white, excuse me, the waterfowl program coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. He joined us last week. We kind of looked back on the season so far. But after we had Houston on, 
So I started to see some headlines around this thing called the avian influenza uh, situation that's affecting birds. Uh, I think in Mississippi we may have seen it in geese, but I, we, we'll have to we'll have to hear from from uh, Houston about that. But I wanted to invite him back as we as we look forward to some more cold weather coming. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into a conversation about avian influenza and why we should be concerned about it. How you as hunters can help the department help us gather data and information about the situation so without any further ado let me welcome back my friend houston havens how you doing houston doing well thank you good hey look so right out the bat let's let's just do this we got some snow up north got this cold effort coming through a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of freezing conditions got some cold weather coming this weekend what's your early barometer tell you about how that's going to impact the, the next uh, week or two well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Hope that it definitely comes to fruition. Uh, I'm liking the the long-term forecast, especially over the last uh, several days of uh, record or near record temperatures here in Mississippi. We we hope to not see that too many more times, uh, you know, before the end of January. But um, yeah, things are are coming around again. It looks like that we're going to get another blast of, of cold air from the north. And um, you know, these birds are migratory. Um, all the birds that we hope to have here before the season ends are not here yet, and so uh, we're going to need a little bit of weather to encourage them to keep on coming south for sure. Some of my friends who I hunt with bought some land in Chula and they actually closed on it last week and they went into one of their duck holes over there and they they saw some big ducks in there even even with it being uh, super warm outside. It was, uh, hey, listen, we talked a little bit at the beginning. We've had some good rain, probably not the kind of gully washer that you are hoping that we would get because we really, it's time to, to get some water in Mississippi. But, um, I got reintroduced, not that I needed it, to some good Delta gumbo, but I'm assuming you've been in the duck business for most of your life. You've got the no Delta gumbo pretty good. You've been stuck a few times? Uh, quite a few times, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I don't even, don't even, you know, they don't phase me anymore. I don't even put them in my memory bank. It's just part of the job or, or part of getting out and doing what you enjoy. Yeah, I got it in my truck, man, and I, I had it in four wheel drive, but I, I put it in drive and I just felt the back wheels go, huh? <laughs> and then just spin in place. They really weren't that deep, but I've learned from experience that when you get in that situation, now you can rev it up all you want and maybe one out of a hundred times you'll probably get out, but what you really need, is a tow rope. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just get you get over by a foot, and then you get you a little bit of traction, and you get out. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, man. We've been stuck so many times, we've forgotten about it. But you know that Delta gumbo will, will pile up on uh, on tires and break axles, and it'll do some damage, won't it? It can. It's tough on equipment, and uh, and it'll surprise you. A lot of times, you're just you're just in it before you know it. Hey, I got. I had a note. I had to. I had to remind myself to do this. Steve Azar, who has in the Mississippi Minute on Super Talk, out uh, Super Talk uh, Network, and has a new state song for Mississippi. And as you know, it's a theme song. One Mississippi is the theme song for Super Talk Outdoors. I need to tell him he needs to write a song about Delta Gumbo. That that would be a great song. He needs to have some fun with that because he's from Greenville, so he knows he knows it well, and he has a lot of friends who know it well. That's right. So anyway, um, just to, just so that people have a sense of this who may have missed us last week, let's let's do a quick review on what you've seen in the season so far. Yeah, uh, opening weekend, uh, like we talked about even before the season opened, uh, you know, kind of met expectations as far as. Um, low water levels, um, kind of having a concentrating effect on waterfowl. And so that's what we saw, uh, particularly on public lands. Um, you know, of course, we have not gotten uh, an abundance of rainfall even since that time. And so that has kind of lingered on. Um, you know, this past weekend was a little bit surprising for what I've seen so far, just from social media posts and public land reports that, you know, despite the warm weather, people still, you know, had some decent duck hunting. And so that that's a really good sign. Uh, we hope to, to kind of kick this bad weather out and uh, or warm weather out and, and get more into uh, what we'd like to see with cold weather coming from the north uh, to kind of improve things and uh, bring us some more birds. Uh, looks like more water on the landscape is, is coming pretty soon. Uh, I know some areas got it over the weekend. Some missed out on it a little bit. But, um, yeah, more habitat is coming, so hopefully more birds are coming to use that habitat. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, actually, that in the deer community, we have to talk about CWD, chronic wasting disease, and be aware of that and, and focus on that and help the department gather data and help fight it. 
Um, and then, in, you know, for, for duck hunters and geese hunters, we're having a conversation now, unfortunately, about avian influenza. Why don't you tell people what it is? And then, um, we can, we'll go in, we'll dive in a little bit deeper after that. Yeah, so uh, what we're dealing with currently um, in Mississippi and, and surrounding states uh, is uh, what we call a highly pathogenic strain of avian influenza. It's caused by an influenza type A virus, uh, which can affect poultry and wild birds. Um, it's, um, you know, we think about the flu that, that people get, and this is a, a bird version of the flu. Um, it's a... Uh, impacts to human health are considered to be low currently, but uh, we just want to be sure that people know about it. They're probably seeing some of it if they're out in the outdoors, uh, seeing sick or dead birds, and uh, just want to give them, you know, proper guidance on, you know, taking care, just uh, having good sanitary conditions when they're either hunting or dealing with wild birds. So when I was doing some research about it, when I first pulled up um, the avian Influenza. The first thing that came up, as you mentioned, chickens. So lots, lot of chicken uh, concerns as it related to that. And then when I put in a search that dealt with avian influenza, Mississippi, what came up? The very first story that came up was about some some geese that were found to have had it. And that that's that makes some sense to me because you think about the congregation of geese and how they get close together. And um, and and what you see is you see sick or dying or dead birds that um, that you know obviously out in a field somewhere. Talk about how it manifests itself and what people might notice and how they can help the department. Sure. So uh, we've gotten all manner of reports uh, from people in the field, mostly hunters, because they're out, you know, using these same areas uh, where a lot of these birds are. And like you said, uh, snow geese in particular are the uh, the species that we have seen uh, this virus in the most so far. Um, you know, just like you said, they get in these really, really large concentrations, um, both on the ground and, and in wetlands uh, in the Mississippi Delta, where people are usually seeing them, but also migrating over the entire state of Mississippi. You know, a lot of these birds basically overshoot uh, most of the state and go down to the Gulf Coast um, and settle in for the winter there. And so what we've seen is reports of, you know, anything from sick birds when a large group gets up and, and leaves a wetland or a field, you know, leaving a few sick birds behind and kind of acting um, dizzy or walking or swimming in circles. Those are some of the signs that they've seen. But then also just uh, kind of what, what people report is kind of random or odd uh, occurrences of geese in areas where we don't usually see a lot of geese, like, uh, you know, in East Mississippi in the hills where you just find one bird that's on the ground, it can't fly maybe, or, or maybe it's a dead already. What we think is happening there is birds just fl- falling out of these migrating flocks, you know, getting too weak to fly or um, or something like that, becoming ill and uh, and not being able to, to continue on further. Where does it come from, Houston? It's uh, it, it developed or was first uh, identified, I guess, uh, in Europe and Asia, and you know, just a, a strain that has um, manifested itself and continued to pass along uh, through wild bird populations. And um, that's one of the reasons that we're interested in hearing reports of where birds are found, so we can um, do some testing. We certainly can't get out to every bird that, that people are reporting in Mississippi, but we're doing our best to get out and, and collect samples on these birds, get them to a lab to get them tested, so we can see where it is and what it's affecting when we come back we'll continue our conversation for the final segment of super talk outdoors with houston havens the water file coordinator program coordinator for the department of wildlife fisheries and parks and we'll talk a little bit more about this and what you can do to help we we, we really are looking for samples and we want to get your help so we'll see you after this break Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations, community outreach programs, and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. 
Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits. At Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, customer satisfaction is always our top priority, and we're dedicated to providing the highest quality materials available. Ask about our metal panel profile offerings with over 20 colors, all backed by a written 45-year SMP paint warranty, plus all your roofing accessories, underlayment, insulation, lathing boards, anchor bolts, pipe boots, pole barn kits, and more. Call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven at 866-604-4949. Buy direct and save, reedsmetals.com. Entergy Mississippi is committed to providing affordable, reliable, and clean power for generations to come. So we're taking steps to make it easier for our customers to self-generate solar electricity and incorporate solar into our power grid. The Mississippi Public Service Commission approved net metering for Entergy Mississippi solar users in 2016. Since then, registered customers have received credit for excess solar energy sent back to the power grid. Learn more at energymississippi.com slash net metering. With the holidays fast here, call All Metro Carpet Cleaning to get your house looking the best. In business since 2010, All Metro Carpet Cleaning can clean carpets, upholstery, tile, and grout. Voted one of the top carpet cleaners, let All Metro Carpet Cleaning handle your cleaning needs. Call today for a free estimate or schedule your holiday cleaning. 601-398-8727 or find us on Facebook. Is the season for you to leave all your holiday shopping up to us at Ag Up Equipment, your hometown John Deere dealer. You can add green to your property with a 3025E and 0% financing. Need a perfect gift for the person with equipment? Save up to 15% during our compact tractor and gator attachment sale. Come visit us at any of our 16 locations or online at agup.com. Offer ends 1231.22. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. 37 years. That's a long time, and that's how long Shapley's Restaurant has been bringing you the finest in steaks, seafood, and, of course, our homemade hot tamales. This is Mark Shapley, and we are proud that we are celebrating our 37th year in business. Shapley's has been a staple in the greater Jackson market and had the pleasure of serving guests from around the country. This couldn't have happened without you, and we are so grateful for your continued support. Shapley's Restaurant, 37 years and counting. Come see us soon. 601-957-8000. It's that time of the year again. Like my son Barrett and I, hunters will soon be heading to the woods to hopefully bag that big buck. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Our agency often works with Mississippians whose disabilities are the result of tree stand injuries. Keep safe by remembering these important tips. Always maintain three points of contact going up and down a tree. Use a haul line and always wear a safety harness. Please don't let your next hunt be your last. Losing power can be a major disturbance for homeowners. Taylor Power Systems offers a full line of Riggs and Stratton home standby generators in numerous sizes to keep your lights on during a power outage. Financing is now available. Call Taylor Power Systems today, 601-932-5674, to discuss a standby generator for your home. with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. Thank you for joining us today. This is the final segment of today's show, and I have my friend Houston Havens, who's the Waterfowl Program Coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. We actually had him on last week, and we did a good full review of the season so far in the first segment of this conversation with uh, with with Houston today we we were looking forward to this weekend and uh some cold weather coming down and some freezing conditions north of us and that would be a great weekend i know my son jordan and his friends are really looking forward to getting out in a blind and 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 see see what they can come up with but unfortunately since we talked last week uh this whole all these headlines are starting to pop up about avian influenza and uh, most prominently seen in uh, snow geese. Have you seen some occurrence of it with big ducks in Mississippi? 
You know, we've not found sick or dead ducks uh, yet in Mississippi. We're hoping that it doesn't get to that point, but we're also doing some hunter-harvested bird testing. Uh, those are primarily dabbling duck species, whether it's on wildlife management areas or private lands. And some of those birds have also tested positive, so that's you know just another kind of arm of the monitoring. We're not just responding to sick or dead waterfowl. We're, we're kind of kind of trying to get a, a total picture of it. So, so if you're okay, there's two two parts to this. One is there's no evidence that there's a risk to humans, although there's advice about you know hunt what what appear to be healthy birds and eat what appear to be healthy birds. But what more would you put to that? Uh, you know, for waterfowl hunters, uh, particularly, uh, of course, only harvest birds that are they're acting and looking healthy. You know, if you're out in a field or, or in a duck hole and you see a bird that's that you didn't shoot that's acting wounded or sick or something, we're asking hunters, you know, not to not to make contact with those birds. Um, you know, when you're cleaning or processing waterfowl, you know, don't eat, drink, or smoke uh, when handling those birds. Um, process birds in a well-ventilated area or outdoors, and in general, uh, just use proper cleanly uh techniques um you know just keeping uh, a lot of people are wearing gloves we recommend wearing gloves just to be safe when you're handling any any kind of wild game just to be on the safe side um and also just keeping things clean and kind of disinfected after your process and birds is a good way to kind of stay safe so what 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 and i mentioned samples a second ago you guys are are testing samples for sure but if someone sees a sick or dying bird is it your advice to gather that bird or leave it alone we ask that people leave it leave it alone um until they contact us we do want people to contact us let them know what they're seeing you know uh uh, waterfowl hunters are, are a big part of conservation, and, uh, and hunters and the general public uh, are also a big help in monitoring in a situation like this. You know, let us know what you're seeing, um, and then we can make a determination on, you know, does a biologist need to come out and, and take a sample on that bird or remove that bird or birds? And uh, so we're kind of treating it on a case by case basis. But uh, we do ask that people contact USDA, excuse me, USDA Wildlife Services or our office. Um, the Mississippi Board of Animal Health also has an online reporting form. It's really quick and easy to use for people just to, you know, kind of let us know what they're seeing and where they are. Um, there's also some good frequently asked question information by the Board of Animal Health out there if people want a lot more information on the virus. So, and, I, and as I did this morning, I think the quickest way, instead of me trying to convey numbers to people so they can write those numbers down, I think the fastest way to do that is just write avian, avian. It's, by the way, it's A-V-I-A-N, avian influenza, just like the flu that, that a human would get. Avian influenza. And um, put Mississippi and reporting in the Google search, and you'll get a bunch of opportunities pop up that you can let people know about. But just to be clear, if you're a hunter and you see a sick or dying bird or a dead bird, uh, don't, don't gather it up and then call them and tell them you got it. Uh, just let them know where it is maybe send uh send send a pen to 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 the officers after you make after you make contact and and do the reporting and then they can decide whether they want to they want to actually send someone out or not but it's best not to handle those birds certainly don't eat them not that there's a current risk of eating them but they they, they're just saying play it safe there's no no evidence that avian um influenza affects humans but still you know they want to be careful with that don't you yeah, and that's a good point. Uh, I should have mentioned earlier, um, USDA has put out recommendations uh, for, you know, cooking birds that are harvested. You know, of course, we only want people to harvest apparently healthy waterfowl. But when you do cook those birds, uh, they recommend a temperature of 165 degrees. Um, but, you know, it, just again, to reiterate, uh, risk for human transmission is considered to be low at this time. It's interesting. It seems like we always have to face something like this, but I think Mississippi generally does a really good job of getting your arms around it, studying the issue, and helping us understand the scope and scale of the problem. And the uh, best thing to do is just, just just let them know if you see such a thing. Houston, it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you, my friend. I always enjoy it. Thank you. I never thought we'd have you right back, but as soon as I saw the headline on avian influenza, I said, well, we got to have Houston back and see, see what our concerns should be, especially with duck hunting happening, giving advice to duck hunters about how to, how to deal with this, how to report it, and how to make themselves uh, safe. That's what it's all about. But it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you.
As usual, as I end every segment, uh, stay safe in the outdoors. Please, please stay safe. We want to want everybody to have a great, memorable time as we get further into next weekend and beyond. Man, there's going to be a lot of people out in the woods. Uh, use respect, hunt ethically, and stay safe. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.